When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the Croc, Vanessa's kids play basketball while she unwinds in yoga. And on the way home, they always share tips. They can dunk from downward dog and make hook shots in headstands. Join more than a gym when you click the link. The Croc. Get into it. Hello again, friends, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Gamecock legend Kip Balknight. Kip won the Golden Spikes Award back in 2000, and he joins us each week here on Gamecock Central Radio to talk Gamecock baseball. Kip, six consecutive SEC series losses now for the Gamecocks after Carolina dropped two out of three at LSU this past weekend. Carolina actually won game one, three to two, held on to win a tight ball game there. Tyler Johnson closed it out for the Gamecock win, but then a five to two LSU victory on Saturday and a disappointing seven to six LSU win in ten innings. Yesterday, a game that was marred by what a lot of Gamecock fans felt like was a bad call in the eighth inning. Wanted to get your thoughts on the series now, Kip. Carolina 27-19 and overall and 11-13 and in SEC play. Well, there's, you know, obviously having six losses, six consecutive uh, series losses is, is pretty amazing. Um, and it's hard to find a lot of positives uh, with that. But with that being said, the, the one positive thing South Carolina does have is they've got three uh, midweek games left that they should win all three of those games if they show up and play and and uh, and play well. And they've got two SEC opponents in Missouri and Georgia that are uh, at the bottom of the barrel in the SEC. And South Carolina should expect to win both of those series. And quite frankly, if they play really well, they've got every opportunity to sweep them. So uh, if they do that, if they can go 8-1 in the last nine games, and um, and are even nine and zero. I think they're in the tournament. I really do. I think they they'd be a couple games above five hundred. They'd be right where they needed to be in the SEC. But now, with the way they scuffled, it's it's hard to say there's a win against anybody. And um, they they've got to to but they've got to just move forward and uh, and pick the pieces up and and try to continue to fight and claw. And and uh, and I do. I do think the kids are trying. Good gosh, I think they're trying their hardest. Uh, I feel bad for the players because a lot of things have not went their way. But for whatever reason, um, it's definitely been a struggle here the last six weeks. Kip, the Gamecocks have played the second-hardest schedule in the country. They've got a number of wins over you know teams that are in the RPI top 50. We talked about it last week. Carolina traditionally plays one of the toughest schedules in the country in, in years past. You know They've had a lot of success against a very difficult schedule. This year, a lot of the close games are not going the Gamecocks' way, and that was the case this past weekend in Baton Rouge. So what do you think the difference is this year, Kit? Why isn't Carolina winning close games? They've lost a number of one-run games, particularly in conference play this year. And give give the Gamecocks a grade for the weekend, Kip. This series at LSU, A through F, what kind of grade do you give South Carolina losing two out of three at LSU over the weekend? I think B-. minus. I think it was a weekend that, that really should have been an A-. minus. I think they should have won two out of three. They usually should have won that game Sunday. And I think they're six and nine now in one run games. 
and you know, even if you just turned the page and made that nine and six, what a difference that would make in this season. I mean, I'm looking at our record and, and at this point in the season, if we were five games better, and um, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. If we were five games better, we would be talking about still the opportunity to finish strong and host a regional. Now that's virtually out of the question, I think, unless they just play maybe all the way on Saturday in the SEC tournament and finish really strong these last two SEC uh, weekend series. Uh, but to point a finger, I mean, it, it's a combination of a lot of things, Emerson. I mean, you've got a team to sit and I think, 260 on the season, maybe 240 in conference play. One guy in the lineup sitting over 300. I mean, if I'm facing South Carolina as an opposing pitcher, there's just not much. There's not much threat there. Uh, so that, that makes things difficult. So that puts more pressure on the pitching staff. And the pitching staff was supposed to be one of the strong parts to this team. And, and, and some may argue, well, Kip, you know, look at their stats. Their stats are great. The pitching, you know, is good. But uh, it's, it's, it's about wins and losses, you know. I mean, it's about having – I mean, I think back to some of the players we have that I played with, uh, you know, Johnny Matt Henrys and uh, – and, and, and Brian Jeffcoat, guys that, you know, might get 260, 280, maybe even 300, but they did the little things. We're not getting bunts down when we need to. We're not advancing on balls in the dirt. Um, our base running has been atrocious. I mean, we've gotten probably more guys thrown out on plate than I can ever remember. Uh, we're not reading the ball off the bat very well, you know, as coaches and as players. I mean, they, we're, we're getting guys thrown out just way too much, just ending some innings and are making a first or third out at home or third base, and it's, it's, it's putting a lot of pressure on our guys. So it's, it's really making our pitching staff, especially at the back end of the bullpen, have to go out and be perfect. And unfortunately, they've, uh, they've not made pitches when they needed to, and um, things have not turned out well for them. So the Gamecocks have played 46 games this year. 28 of those have been against teams that are ranked in the top 25 and the Gamecocks are 12 and 16 in those ball games. So the 12 wins against ranked teams is the fourth highest total in the SEC this year, Kip. You know, just last week we were talking here on Gamecock Central Radio about uh, the fact that a segment of the fan base has called for Chad Holbrook's job this year, changes to the staff, whether it's Holbrook or assistants or, or, or the clean house, you know, whatever the, whatever the argument it is, there is a segment of the fan base that has started to talk about this is that overreaction? Well, no, I don't think so. From a fan's perspective, I do not think so. I think the fans have every right to, to want uh, the best for their program. And quite frankly, you know, I, I was listening to 107.5 The Game earlier and Tommy talking, and, and they were just, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad that we're thinking about having to play Missouri and Georgia, and we're hoping we can win those series. Those are series that South Carolina – this schedule talk is not thinking sick. I mean, the schedule's tough every year. It was tough when we, when we won national championships. But what South Carolina has lost, for whatever reason, is a little bit of an intimidation factor and a little bit of a hunger, in my opinion, and the expectancy of the players. The players have to expect. They should go out. You know, when, last week I think we beat Whopper 9-5. to five. I would have absolutely been chewing our pitchers out Giving up five runs to Wofford? I mean, 
Wofford, we're supposed to beat them 10 to nothing. I mean, somebody go out and throw a complete game shutout. Somebody go out on Friday night and beat, you know, uh, Kentucky or Alabama or, or Arkansas or whoever we're playing. Somebody go out and throw up a gym. And, and we're just not seeing that. I just think that they're uh, – it's really tough. Uh, you, you know, I've talked about this before, Emerson. When you, when you're, when you become the hunted, that's a different scenario than being the hunter. And uh, South Carolina, you know, the years I was there, we were the hunter. We were hungry. We had to. We did not have a reputation. I'll never forget Ray Center telling us, guys, if you want respect, you got to go out and earn it. You got to go out and beat these teams. And we had to do that. And until my junior year, we didn't get any respect whatsoever. We were 500 in the SEC my freshman year, no, sophomore year, and we did not make the SEC tournament. I mean, we did not make the uh, the playoffs, the NCAA playoffs. So, you know, you fast forward a couple years now, and we could be 500 in the SEC. Well, will we make it? I think we will, based on reputation, based on, you know, what South Carolina's program is now. But our players right now, and even our coaches, we've got to go out and we've got to expect to win it. I would have no doubt in my mind, if I'm Chad Holbrook, that I would tell my team, guys, listen, we go out and do what we're supposed to do. We're winning all, every single game we play the rest of the season until we get to the SEC tournament. We're supposed to beat those guys. And it's a little bit different. You get guys that are 18 years old coming in, and they're big shots. And, you know, they, they think that time they get on campus, everything's just going to be hunky-dory. But they've got to still work hard, and they got to play hungry. And I just think that, uh, unfortunately, we've been, you know, nail-bitten a little bit and shell-shocked, if you will. We've lost a couple tough games, but... That's when it comes down to senior leadership and leadership from your from your manager and your leader. And uh, unfortunately, this year we just haven't had that. Only four teams in the SEC right now with a worse conference record than the Gamecocks. South Carolina, eleven and thirteen in the league. And right now, it's Alabama at five and nineteen, Georgia seven and seventeen, Tennessee is seven and fifteen, and Missouri is nine and fifteen. So we've got nine games left in a regular season. We got two midweek games this week: Tuesday night, seven o'clock start at Founders Park against Presbyterian College, and then Wednesday night, Liberty comes to town for another seven o'clock start. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the Gamecocks are at Missouri. We'll have a seven thirty start Friday, three o'clock start Saturday, two p.m. Sunday. And then next week, USC Upstate in the middle of the week and the final series of the regular season at home against the Georgia Bulldogs. Gamecock Central Radio with Kip Balknight. I'm Emerson Phillips. You can download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play. To subscribe to our podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio. You'll find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. SEC updated standings right now. In the East, Florida's in first at 16 and 8. Kentucky's 15 and 9. Vanderbilt 12 and 11, followed by the Gamecocks in fourth at 11 and 13. Then it's Missouri 9 and 15. Tennessee 7 and 15. Georgia 7 and 17. And over in the West, Mississippi State 16 and 8. LSU 15 and 9. Arkansas 14 and 9. Texas A&M 14 and 10. Auburn 14 and 10. Ole Miss, same record as the Gamecocks, 11 and 13, and Alabama with the worst record in the league at 5 and 19 in conference play. So, Kip, a uh, couple of midweek games this week PC and Liberty, Tuesday and Wednesday, then the road trip, long trip out to Missouri uh, against a Missouri team that uh, lost their first game of the season. Then they ripped off like 20 straight wins, but they've come back down to earth since then, 9 and 15 in the league. 
And, you know, I heard talk on the radio this morning that the Gamecocks might be on the tournament bubble. Do you think the Gamecocks are on the NCAA tournament bubble? Absolutely. I think um, 100%. I think they've got – I think at worst they go 7-2 and two the last nine games, and I still think they might have to win a game or two in the SEC tournament. Um, you know, they can't afford to lose a midweek game tomorrow, Wednesday, or next week, and uh, I think they need to go at least 4-2 and two to win both of those series to have a good fighting chance. And, um, you know, they, they, and I'm sure Chad Holbrook will be the first to admit, if they don't do that, then they don't deserve to be yet. You know, they, they don't. And um, it's just really frustrating and tough because you look at it, I mean, there's been four or five games easy that, that we've, you know, some would say we feel like we have given away. Well, if we win those games, we'd be sitting at 15 wins in the Southeastern Conference right now with six to go. And you'd be talking about potentially hosting a regional. So that that's the tough part about this is it's, it feels so bad right now, but that's the message you have to be telling your players in the dug, in the dugout in the locker room. And I'm sure Chad Holbrook's doing that. Is, Guys, listen, we've been snake bitten. We've had four, five, six, seven losses that, you know what, we, we, we win those games normally, but we have it this year. It hasn't happened. Let's go out and let's win these last ones. Let's figure out a way to make it happen and win. And win these tight games, and um, and and that's all you can do. That's all you can do as a coach. That's all you can do as a player. You know, I, I think fans have a right to be upset, but the players have got to focus on what they can control. They cannot control whether a fan is happy with them or sad with them. Fans come and go. Your family, your teammates, they'll be there forever, and the players have to remember that. And that's a tough thing for a young person to learn especially with the media these days, especially with social media. It's tough. I wouldn't watch a bit of it. I can remember when I was in school and even playing in professional baseball. It's, uh, it, it, the things come and go, man. It's, you could have four or five straight starts in a row that are really, really good. You struggle in one, and next thing you know, if you're reading papers or reading message boards and everything else, they're not going to be behind you. It's, uh, it's just, it is what it is. That's the way, that's the way, Sports are, and um, fans have a right to complain, and they have a right to cheer. So uh, you, you can't let that affect who you are as a person and who you are as a player. Kip, before we started today's podcast, you shared an interesting item with me about the way the Gamecocks have managed their bullpen, specifically in the series against LSU this weekend. And I wanted to get you to share that with our listeners. You noticed something, just the way the bullpen was being managed in the late innings that caused you to question it. Well, yeah, I mean, and again, I, I'm not a coach, I'm not a, a player, I'm a former player, and I do have an opinion, so I mean, I'm watching the game, and I'm wondering, you know, Tyler Johnson, I feel like, is our closer. Well, on Friday night, it's 3-2, to two and he's got 10 pitches, and there's runner, I think a runner on, and we've got double barrel action in the bullpen. We've got two righties warming up to throw in the bullpen. And for the life of me, I'm going, okay, I thought Tyler Johnson was our closer. He's either going to win this game for us or he's going to lose this game for us, period. The only logical conclusion I could come up with was maybe they were getting somebody ready in case, you know, he gives it up. And it becomes a tie game and his pitch count gets up high or he gives up the lead. And they want to get him out of there so they could still salvage his weekend for Saturday and Sunday. But then on Sunday, uh, same scenario, eight inning, and we've got two guys warming up in the bullpen with Tyler Johnson with a one run lead. I, and I, I am, I'm questioning that going, what, what are we doing? I mean, I thought Tyler Johnson, a guy that could throw a hundred miles an hour, 
Uh, and I know he wasn't as sharp, but, um, you know, I know as a player, I mean, if I'm Tyler Johnson, hopefully he takes that and it pisses him off and he says, well, screw y'all, I'm going to go out and get this done. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I mean, we end up bringing in, you know, someone else, and they, I think it was John Park, and they end up giving it up. So, I, you know, at this point in the season, I felt like we should know who our closer is and let him go out and do his job, whether he saves it or doesn't save it. I think Tyler Johnson certainly earned that, and I, I definitely thought that was rather odd. Kip, does it speak to the mindset, you know, of the, of the ball club? You bring your closer in, the bullpen should be empty. His job is to close the game, and, and having guys warming up uh, with your number one closer out there is just not a winning mindset. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I just, it's, for me, with my experience and my experience in playing, it's not the right mindset. I, I don't know what to call it. I really don't. I mean, I, I, that would be a question I think that Chad Albrook and Jerry Myers would have to answer. I, I really have no idea. And, again, they may have a very valid answer. And, you know, there's things I don't know. Maybe Tyler was tender. Maybe he was not feeling good. I, I don't know. Maybe he was keeping in the dugout for all I know. I don't know. Right. I just know what I see, and I go, that's not right. And for it to happen two times in a weekend, in both scenarios where I'm going, okay, he hasn't labored. It's not like he's thrown too many pitches. I know they're trying to be protective, and I appreciate that. I do. I think that's awesome that they're trying to be protective of him and his future. But uh, that is certainly questionable at best. Certainly not trying to split hairs here or be overly critical, but I thought that was an interesting observation on your part. So we got PC Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at Founders Park. Liberty Wednesday night at 7, also at Founders Park. And then three games at Missouri this weekend, 7.30 Friday, 3 o'clock Saturday, 2 p.m. Sunday. Getting down to crunch time for the Gamecocks, and if they want to get off the tournament bubble, they're going to have to take care of business. Kip Balknight, thanks for your time. Thank you, Emerson. All right, that's Kip Balknight, and I'm Emerson Phillips. We'll come back next week. We'll take a look back at the week's action. Five games this week here, and the big three-game series at Missouri coming up this weekend. So we'll be back next week to talk about it here on Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.